I tell you what, if you missed it last night, maybe you watched the Super Bowl. No condemnation in Christ, man. We love you. We're excited you're here tonight. But you missed it. I'll just be honest with you. You missed it last night. Pastor Eugene just lit it up, didn't he? And uh, thankful for his leadership and, uh, and for him opening up his house. Like I said, it's pretty incredible. Most pastors I, I know may not necessarily do that. And uh, we're just thankful for what God's going to do tonight. And I want to I give as much time to our speaker as possible, so I'm going to be very quick. But Pastor Tim Wisen has been such a great... Such a great uh, friend and uh, to, to me and to our ministry. And, uh, you know, he's a graduate of Rollins College, been doing uh, ministry for almost over 15 years and married to his wife, Carla. And they're two incredible kids. And and uh, one of them's here tonight. Debbie's here tonight. And so maybe, maybe some of y'all already saw her running around. She's just incredible. I saw her in the back room as we prayed over Pastor Tim. And, and Debbie looked at Pastor Tim and said, Dad, do great in Jesus' name. I was like, that is awesome. Like, man, that's the most anointed thing I've ever heard in my life, you know, and uh, just so thankful for that and so thankful for his leadership. And and uh, he's a youth pastor in, in, uh, in, in a church called the Sanctuary in the land. And uh, and also he's the founder and uh, of the ministry he's currently involved in called People of Purpose. He's going to share just a little bit about that. But I'm so thankful for his leadership and for the gift of God that he's not, not just been in my life, but in our students lives. And as a spiritual father of anybody, as a mom or dad, you just love people that take care of your kids. Amen. And, uh, and about a year ago, we had Pastor Tim uh, come, in, come into our church and share with our students. And it was just unbelievable what God did through his, through his leadership and through his life. And we just said, we've got to get him back as soon as possible. And for him not just to speak to our students, but to our adults and to everybody tonight. So City Church, come on. I told him he already knows we're, we're a very fun-loving church and an honoring church. But can we show him right now? Would you stand to your feet? And can we welcome Pastor Tim Wisden? Come on. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand in this place tonight. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, I tell you what, that worship was anointed. I was like, I don't even want to preach tonight. I just want to sit here and hear the Holy Spirit preach. And we're going to hear that. Hope you guys brought your Bible. I brought my small Bible, you can see. I figured the bigger the Bible, the bigger the anointing tonight. And uh, I have a preaching Bible, but I wanted to bring this big one here. I'm not sure why, but I just, I love this Bible. I just want to go to the Lord in prayer real quick, and let's just get our hearts prepared for what He wants to do. So, Father, we just come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, have your way on my life. Whatever you want to do in me, do it tonight. I give you permission, Holy Spirit, to change me. In Jesus' name, amen. As uh, Pastor Glenn said, uh, my wonderful wife right here is Carla. And uh, you guys give her a hand. And I just want to take a second real quick. And our friend Lillette over here travels with us when we go places. Lillette Johnson. I just want to say, Pastor Eugene and Laura, thank you so much for the privilege of being here to stand in your pulpit. It's an honor. I know you don't take it lightly. So I just am humbled by the opportunity to be able to serve with you guys and in this community and with my boy Glenn and Natalie I love you guys and thank you guys for a chance to work with your teenagers There's so many young people I see here that I just love and I saw you guys back in March last year and God rocked this house For like four hours one o'clock in the morning people are being carried to their cars because the kids were so literally just So the drunk in the Holy Spirit how many guys know you can have a Holy Ghost party? That's way better than any party out there in the world Amen 
So as I was preparing for this time, I just began to reflect about life and what God's been doing lately. And, and uh, my wife and I have a ministry, People of Purpose. And, and we travel around and speak to young people about purpose in Christ. And, and we love to see young people get radical for Jesus and see them set on fire for God and pursue Him with a passion and be a world changer. And there's a bunch of world changers in this room tonight. I can see it. Amen. And so we've been around and we've been going places and stuff and we've been seeing some awesome stuff. I'll share with you a few stories throughout this message tonight. But I can't help but think about what is going on here in Sanford right now. And the season we live in. And this awaken our city that is here right now. It's a profound time in the prophetic timetable of this city and of this nation. And you all in this room have a major piece to play through the local church here, City Church. So I've come here tonight to speak some words to you, to challenge you in your faith. And tonight God's going to heal some of you physically, emotionally. Someone, some of you guys are going to be called into the ministry. God's given me some specific things that I'll share in a little while for some healings that He wants to do tonight. But I, I think about this whole time that we have together. And when people come together in the presence of God and they worship the Lord, incredible miracles are released because of the atmosphere that God has allowed us to create through our worship. They were saying, Holy Spirit, we invite you here. When you're inviting the Holy Spirit, the things in this atmosphere have to shift. They have to shift. It's a spiritual law. And Monday, I was getting ready to drive home, and I was pulling in the Bank of America and Lake Mary Boulevard, sitting in my turn lane, and I was like, okay, I'm going to the bank, and I'm going home for the next three hours. I was fasting and praying, saying, God, I'm going to spend time with you to see what exactly you want to say to City Church. And all of a sudden, before I could even blink, I felt this, bam, some older lady slammed into the back of my car while I was at the stoplight. All I could do is grab the wheel and go, oh, Jesus. I was like, I'm glad that's what came out of my mouth. Thank you, Lord. I've been purified and sanctified. Amen. And I look over, I hear this, and the engine's running. And, and I look back, and this, this older lady's like, her eyes are like this big. And she's like, I'm like, my back end's lifted up. And so I was, you know, supposed to be calling Pastor Gina around that time and call him a little bit later. And I got home, and my, I was on the phone with Geico, and my whole day was wasted. I said, all right, devil, you're not stealing any more of my time this week. And so I prepare and I study and I fast and pray. And I believe the Lord has some very profound things he wants to say to your hearts tonight. Back in November, I was at City Church. I was visiting and my wife and I had a day off. And I said, honey, we have a day off today from our church. Our pastor releases us whenever we want to go be somewhere. And I said, where do you want to go today? She's like, City Church. I'm like, all right, let's go. I walk in there that day and it was the day that Pastor Gene was making the announcement about the Millennium Campus being closed down. And the Lord gave me a picture for you all in this church, in this city. And I saw this picture. I went to Pastor Eugene and Pastor Glenn afterwards. I shared with them what the Lord was showing me. And I literally saw a tornado whirlwinding around your building your property. I saw the hand of God, Pastor Eugene, stirring this city, stirring city church. And he said, there is a shift, a supernatural shift that is coming to the city, that is coming to city church if the people are ready for it. And I saw this tornado whirlwind. And here's what the Spirit of God said. He said, he said, tell Pastor Gene this. 
He said, your people have become weary. They become too spread out. They're given and given and given. He says, I'm bringing them home from the battlefield for a season of time. Because when that season of time is over, I'm going to release them back to the city. Because here's what a tornado does. It sucks everything up together. And then it just flings debris all over the place. 300 miles an hour winds. And I believe tonight, say church, this awakening right now, God is saying, I'm drawing the people together. I'm stirring your hearts. I'm shifting things in the supernatural realm because I'm ready to, in the due time, in the due season, I'm ready to take you and I'm going to throw you into the deeps, the depths of Sanford to do the work he's called this church to do. I'm telling you, Pastor Gene, I even see satellite house churches or a church in, down in, 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 in the inner city of Sanford. People from here going to inner city as a satellite of city church to win the lost. What's your name, my friend, right there? I met you t- t- tonight. What's your name? Mark? I saw you Sunday morning up here worse when the Lord said to tell you you're a man that's called to preach the word. Signs and wonders and miracles are going to follow you. As you go into Sanford, you go into the inner city, the protection of the Lord is going to be upon you, my friend. And as you go, signs and wonders and miracles are going to follow you. Because he says, you're my missionary to the city. There's a whole new anointing that's going to erupt on you tonight, my friend. Because God is ready to take you into the city as his missionary. And you need a praying woman next to you. And I saw you worship the night, man, that woman is full of wisdom and a prayer warrior. Mm. You too, God's got great things in 2013. Sorry, that wasn't the notes. You guys got to be bear with me because sometimes I kind of detour. The kids will know sometimes I just get detoured because the Lord's speaking. So let me just say, I feel like the Lord just gave me this title for tonight is Awakening the Supernatural. Awaken the supernatural. And I got a couple keys here. And high up in the Atlas Mountains of Morocco. What was that? Yes, Lord. So I was, I got to share with you this, is that my life verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul comes to the Corinthians and he says to them this, he says, I did not come to you with persuasive speech and man's wisdom, but I came to you with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God so that you would not put your hope in man, but on God. That has become my life first because, see, what happened was, was Paul was coming from Athens. He was preaching at the great amphitheater in Mars Hill. And he preached this incredible message that every theologian, every Bible scholar, every, every doctor in Southeastern would say, yes, that's the great message. He used an idol from their culture to hook him in. He used different things that they would, they would attract him. They would understand. And, and he preached it. And he walked away like, man, this, that was the message of all messages. But only a handful of people got saved. And he walked away, Paul. I believe he walked away scratching his head going, I don't get it. I had the great message, the great illustration. I had all these great things that related to their world and the day and time that we live in. And, and I don't understand why more things didn't happen. And it changed his life at that moment, I believe, because he said, 
in his mind, I believe he's saying, I will never preach the gospel without the demonstration of the power of the Spirit ever again. And I believe City Church is going to step into a realm where they're going to start, you guys are going to go out, and there's going to be a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God throughout the city. In this building, and as you go, and I'm not just talking about miracles and healings and, and things that are super spiritual that we go, whoa, but I'm talking about a demonstration of the love of God. Because we don't have faith and then get love. We have love and that bursts faith. When we love God so much, it bursts a faith inside of us that we erupt when we go out and do God's work. And we feed the homeless and we clothe them and we minister to their needs, irregardless of race. And I believe that's a mandate on this church, is to demonstrate the power of the, of the supernatural. There's a couple key things here. In order to awaken the supernatural in our lives, number one is we've got to spend time with Jesus. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and I will give it to you. I don't know about you all, but that scripture used to plague me. I'm like, ask anything. But there's a catch. He didn't say ask for a car, for money, all that. He said, ask anything. And I'll give it to you. You know why? Because Jesus knew if you abide in him and his words were in you, that you would ask according to his will. You wouldn't ask for something way out of left field. You would ask according to his will. And he says, I want to give it to you. Why? It goes on to say, so you will bear much fruit. To bring glory to the Father. This church is called to bear fruit and to see the glory of God spread across the city. I look around this church and I see, I see blacks and whites and Hispanics. I see all kinds in this place. And I love it because God is clapping going, yes, city church, you guys get my heartbeat. And the glory of God can go forth because of it. We have to spend time with Jesus. That word abide literally talks about being permanently or continuously rooted and unmoving. When you're continuously rooted in the things of Christ, you won't ask for things that are not according to His will. And he, when you abide in Him, He will give you what you ask. I see college kids are occupying Wall Street for months. There was a girl that was on Twitter the other day. She was occupying an Ikea in Spain. For 15 days because she wanted an online store in, her, in, the, in the island of Madeira off the coast of Spain. Well, they gave it to her after 15 days of occupying. What would happen if we occupied this building for 15 days? What would happen if we went down the streets of Sanford, 30, 50, 100, 200 people, and we fasted and prayed, and we sat there in the middle of Midway and said, we're not leaving this place until God touched this neighborhood. What would happen? An awakening in the supernatural would erupt. When you abide with Jesus, sin exits your life. So you can't expect the, pr the promises of God without His presence. God will not separate His promises from His presence. In the fullness, in the, it says, in the, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. He doesn't give you joy without His presence. Abide in Him, and you'll see this erupt in your life. The second part, and I want to kind of move along to these last two, is, is this. I call it, release the spoken word. About three weeks ago, my son just turned four, and he got this big, giant Buzz Lightyear balloon. And when you bump it, it's like, Buzz Lightyear, to the rescue. Bump it again, 
to infinity and beyond. And then the last one goes, come on, we got a galaxy to save. And it like freaks you out, right? You don't you walk into it. Well, about two in the morning, I'm walking through my hallway. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I'm walking through. I'm like, man, I got to get a drink. And I went to the bathroom. I'm like walking like this. Next thing you know, I'm, I turn the corner in the kitchen. I boom. I hear, come on, we got a galaxy to save. I'm like, what? I'm like, do I take that balloon out? I'm like, Buzz, you're going down, right? I'm like, and it woke me up. I'm like, it freaked me out. I'm like, what is in my house? I'm like, stupid balloon. That balloon is still floating around my house right now. I almost brought it tonight. I'm like, when is Buzz going to die? Because if I kill it, my son's going to freak, right? Well, it woke me up. Why? It was a voice unexpectedly. When the voice of God speaks in your life unexpectedly, as you abide in Him, things shift. Things in the heavens shift. Things in your life shift. The supernatural will be manifested in a moment's time when we abide in God and the Spirit of God starts to speak. See, we talk about spoken word, right? And I wrote this definition down. I'm about as white as they come. Let me tell you. Okay? You're about to see tonight how white I am. So I'm about as white as they come. But here's what it says. Spoken word is a performance art that is word-based. It often includes collaboration and experimentation with other art forms, such as music, theater, and dance. It's like poetry with a little kick, right? And, uh, and so I think about the spoken word, but here's the deal. Everyone thinks that they got the best thing, and they're the, they're the originator of spoken word. Can I just tell you that Jesus is the originator of the spoken word? Why, how, how do I tell you that? Because John 1.14 says this. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Come on now. That means the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That means every time Jesus spoke, it was the spoken Word. Come on. You with me? Every time Jesus spoke, it's like, what's up? What are you going to say now, demons? I'm speaking the Word. You must go. Right? He's, he's a, he is a spoken Word. The part of the spoken word I want to get to is this. Hebrews 4.12. I don't know about you all. I've been a believer for a long time. And I've always wondered what this meant. It says in Hebrews 4.12. Man, you guys are with it. I just, you guys are awesome. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, I saw Pastor Eugene's sword back in the back, and I respect this man enough not to touch without asking. But I wanted to take that thing and hide it. I'm like, with that sword. Because I'm like, this is perfect. So you guys have probably seen the sword before. So I look at this, and I was like, what is, does this mean? How can it, the Word of God be so sharp and that it cuts even to the joints and marrow? It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart? Here's why. And it's very critical to us experiencing the supernatural. This word, two-edged, comes from this word, Greek word meaning diastomos. Di meaning two, and stomos meaning a word for one's mouth. It's actually mean two-mouthed. This word sword, talking about two-edged swords, talking about two mouths. And I was like, God, what does this mean? As I read more and I found this, this is so exciting because it's talking about how God's word, he breathed, he spoke, he delivered the word of God, right? And he breathed it. And when he did, that was one edge of the sword. How many of you all been in a situation in your life where you just didn't know what to do? You know where to turn. Nobody had an answer. 
You sought counselors, you sought doctors, you sought people, pastors, and nobody could tell you what to do. And that's when Jesus steps in. And he gives you a word. He gives you a verse. And all of a sudden, you begin to, that word begins to bubble up inside. You cannot stop it. You can't shake it. You've got to declare it. You've got to speak it. You've got to walk it. That becomes your verse. That was me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's like, I cannot stop from preaching this scripture because it is my life verse. It erupts in me every day. Why? Because the word of God is the first edge. But when the spirit of God and the word of God gets in you, and you speak it out of your mouth, that's the second edge. What he's saying is that when you get the word of God inside of you, and you begin to speak the word, the spoken word, what happens is things shift. Supernatural things take place. Why? Because you're believing in faith. You're speaking the word of God, and things are changing. It's a spoken word. And when we speak the word over our lives, guess what? We will start to experience, and we will be awakened to the supernatural realm. About six months ago, my son came, middle of the night, three in the morning, he, came, he comes running down the hallway, busting the door. I don't know about you guys and those who have kids. Does God not teach you a lot about himself through kids? I mean, man. So my son comes bursting the door. He's yelling, crocodile, crocodile, crocodile. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, this is like getting like out of control. Like I keep getting woken up by my son, jumping in bed, kneeing me in the kidney and like, this time, like, crocodile. I'm like, Elisha, are you okay? He's like, he's crying. He's like, Daddy, crocodile. I'm like, what? I was like, well, go, go back to the room. Show me the crocodile. My son's name is Elisha. There's double portion. The kid's already prophetic. I'm serious. He, he, he's already said stuff to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, child. So he, I said, where is it? He goes, I see it right there. I'm like, up by the ceiling fan? No, Daddy, in the corner. And I just felt this presence. I was like. Oh, my God. I said, in the name of Jesus, leave. And I said, son, I want you to say this. I say, crocodile. He said, crocodile, go away. Go away. In Jesus' name. He's like, in Jesus' name. And so for the next couple of weeks, every time he'd get scared, I'd go back in the room right to where he was scared. I said, tell, son, tell the crocodile, leave. Like, go away in Jesus' name. So then God gave me a good little illustration to do with him. So then I became the bear. I'm like, Elisha, daddy's a bear. Roar, right? Chasing around the house. And, and I would say, how do you get the bear to go away? He, he'd go, go away in Jesus' name. And I'd be like. <laughs> and, then, and then he would go. Then I'd hear him go, wake up, bear. Roar, go away. I mean, I'm like 50 times a night. You want to work out? Forget Zumba. I got go away in Jesus' name going for me, right? And so. <laughs> I'm like, whoo, my wife says, Zuma, I'm like chasing my kids around. I'm like, honey, you okay? I'm like, man, my back's tweaked, you know? So we worked on this, and, and now my daughter does it. But there's a principle there of them speaking the word. And all of a sudden, the crocodile left. And then the other day, I found out when I watched little Jake and the Neverland Pirates cartoon in the morning. There was Captain Hook running around with the crocodile chasing around the ship. He goes, Daddy, crocodile. I'm like, that's how that thing entered my son's head. Something so simple and harmless. Just like sin tries to enter your life and my life to get us full of fear and get us scared. So we don't want to stand for God and we don't want to live the way he tells us to live. But when God raises up a spoken word inside you, deliver that word. Those things have to go away in the name of Jesus. Sickness has to leave. 
Demons must flee. Your family must be restored because the Spirit of God coming through you. That's why in the Revelations 1.16, Jesus says, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his, son, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So why was Jesus, why did he have a sword in his mouth? It was a spoken word. He said, I'm coming to deliver the word of God. I'm coming to change things. I'm coming to shift the supernatural realm. When Jesus shows up on the scene, things shift. How do I know? Matthew 8, Jesus tells the leper, I am willing, be thou clean. Matthew 9, the guy sick with palsy, he says, take heart, sons, your sins are forgiven. Matthew 5, or Mark 5, demon-possessed man, he says, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Mark 3, 5, man with the shriveled hand, he says, stretch out your hand. And he's healed instantly. Luke 7, Jesus with the centurion, the centurion says, but just say the word. And my servant will be healed. Mark 5, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, with his little daughter, he says to the little daughter, little girl, I say to you, get up. He says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. There's a whole other thing on that. If you study that with Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood, that's for another time. When Pastor Glenn has me come back, I'll tell the youth about that. It has to do with the church. Matthew 9, the blind and mute says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. He touched their eyes and they were healed. John 11 says, Lazarus, come forth. He had to name him by name Lazarus or else all the other people in that grave would have come out like this. Like, no, not you. Get back in the grave. You're dead. Lazarus, get out here. Mark 4, 39, Jesus rebukes the storm and says, peace, be still. The spoken word. You and I have the same power because Jesus' word said, in greater works than these shall we do because he goes to the Father. So why are we not seeing more supernatural things manifest in our lives? In our churches? Because people have stopped spending time with the Father. We've become so busy and distracted, we've stopped spending time at the feet of Jesus. And then we get these problems that come up, and all of a sudden what happens is, is we start to run away from God and run to other things. I've been there. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you tonight about that. A journey that God's had me on the last three years. There's a story in the Bible about David and Goliath. And immediately when I say that, that, that phrase, David and Goliath, most people in here might go, oh, yeah, I know that. I've already heard it. And sometimes we can tune God out. In order for us to be awakened to the supernatural, God's got to do a brand new thing in every one of us. And when we start thinking, I already got it figured out. I already know what the pastor's going to say. I've already heard that scripture. What you're doing is you're getting religious on us. And we say, Holy Spirit, you can't teach me anything new about that. But I want to unpack a few things that I feel like God wanted me to say to you guys tonight for this church and for your individual lives before we have some time of ministry. And there's so, you could do a year series on this whole top, on David and Goliath. 
But I want to read a few things to you. In fact, I'm just going to tell the story Tim style. Is that cool? So David's going out. His dad's like, go, go uh, check out your brothers. See how they're doing. They're fighting in the battle. Yeah, right. They weren't fighting. They were standing around, right? They were fighting in the battle. Go check them out. Bring a report back. He goes in there. He hears what's going on. And, and, the, and, the, and he hears what's going to happen. The three things are going to get. Whoever kills the Goliath and everyone's afraid. And, and so he goes back. He's like, Saul, I can, basically, I can take this dude out. He's like, no, you can't. This little boy is like, I took out the bear and the lion through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can take them out. The bear is symbolic of your past. The lion is symbolic of the devil's attacks trying to set you up. The Bible says that Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That means he's watching you. Do you go to that same water, watering hole? You guys all, you know you've watched Animal Planet or something. You watch that watering hole and that wildebeest and that lion is like, bam! He runs to chase him and tries to separate someone. So he can devour that one. That's why this local church is so vital to your life. Because if Satan can separate you, he can devour you. He can isolate you. So what happens is David goes back and he goes to Saul and he says, I can take this guy out. He's okay. He tries to get him all those different tools. He's like, no, no, I don't want all of that. I want my own stuff. So he takes his staff. He takes his slingshot in his bag. And he goes back to the battlefield. And it says that for 40 days, Goliath took his stand, Pastor, and defied the, the, the king, defied the Israelites, defied the God of Israel, defied them and challenged them. If anyone can take me out, then we will serve you. But if I kill him, you, you will serve. You'll be our servants. And everyone's afraid. And this says, I love what it says right here. It says in verse 20 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp. At the army, or as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. So I picture this. David shows up on the scene. Here's all the Israelite army on the battlefield, shouting the war cry. Clapping, yelling, chanting whatever chants they had. And then they stand there. Shouting, clapping, shouting, and then they don't go anywhere. Can I tell you there's churches all over America that are noisy but not anointed? Can I tell you, there's churches all over the city that have all kinds of noise and shout, but when it comes time to step up and do God's work, there's no anointing because they haven't spent time with the Father. Because they're not willing to do what David did. So David goes out, and we know it says he, get, he goes and he grabs, I love this, there's so much in this, he grabs five smooth stones. Five is a symbol of the fivefold ministry. And under the power of the Holy Spirit, the living water, they become smooth. The rough edges of your life, when you get under the power of the Holy Spirit, it will smooth you out. It will make you effective for battle. It will make you effective for warfare. Just like these stones are made effective for David to sling them. He takes a staff. And the staff was something the fathers passed down to their children. And it had all the exploits. They would literally carve it in the staff, in the wood, telling about the victories and the exploits God did for the family. And David took that remembering how God has showed up in his family for his whole life. And he takes this to battle. He takes a sling and it says, and when he stands there, we know what happens. And Goliath starts to defy him and starts to curse him and, and ridicule him. And David says, 
Verse 46. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord stays, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. So David steps up and speaks a spoken word. He delivers the word of the Lord to Goliath. He prophesies what's going to happen. See, David didn't get up and start saying, God, this Goliath is really big. Better help me. No, leaders and warriors for Christ don't tell God how big their problems are. They tell their problems how big God is. Come on, somebody. We need to be people in this city that tell God, say, God, I'm going to take that thing up. I need your anointing. You go to that problem and say, in the name of Jesus, problem, you don't know how big my God is. Debt, you don't know how big my problem is. Sickness, you don't know how big my God is. Finances in this church, oh, you don't know how big my God is. And when we start to speak the word of the Lord, things shift. You see, and David goes at him, and it says his glass started slowly come at him, like sin will slowly creep away. What did he do? He charged it with reckless abandon. He took him out. He threw that stone, him in the head, went over, lopped his head off, carried it around to, to, <laughs> to Jerusalem like a trophy. That's ugly and bloody, isn't it? Some of our testimonies are ugly and bloody, too. But we came around and say, Lord, this is my testimony. I'm proud of this testimony. And when we do that, people see the glory of God. People saw the glory of God carrying Goliath's head. And so David, here's what I love. David's name means unique and treasured. That's some of the Hebrew meanings for it. There's others, but unique and treasured. See, David was a type and shadow of the coming Messiah. He wrote more about the Messiah than anybody else in the Old Testament. He wrote about the coming Messiah. And some of the things that David represented also was he was a prophet, priest, and king. So he's, he's basically a similar to a type of Jesus, and he's a foreshadowing of the coming Messiah. And so, uh, David, being a prophet, the word prophet in Hebrew, one of the means is this. It's one who seeds. S-E-E-D-S. It's one who plants seeds. Seeds in the, your life. And how do you plant seeds? With the Word of God. We plant seeds with the Word of God. So a prophet is not just someone who utters, someone who speaks, someone who tells the future. A prophet is someone who seeds for your future. Every Sunday when pastors up here preaching the word, he's seeding things into your future. And so how do promises come to our lives? Because this is where I'm getting. I feel God wanted me to say to you all tonight. How do the promises of God come to our life? Through the word of God. How? Through seeds of the word of God in our heart. So if, if Satan can keep those seeds from growing in your heart, if he can tear them out, if he can destroy them, he can separate you. He can kill the anointing on your life. He can kill the supernatural move of God in your heart, in your life, in your family, in this city, in this church. 
Why? Because Goliath's name means to exile or to separate. So you got Goliath trying to exile or separate David from the promise of being king, from the promise of reigning, from the promise of having freedom for the Israelites. So here it is, you got David and Goliath fighting, and when David kills Goliath, all of a sudden that thing with that veil was ripped. Freedom came. Why? Because David took out that thing that would try to separate him from the promise of God. God says there's promises you've been praying for, you've been believing for for a long time, they haven't manifested in your life. Can I tell you tonight that what needs to happen is the same thing that came upon David when the anointing of the Spirit of God erupted inside of him. God did a new work in him. Why? Because unique is something that's never been done before, never been alive before, never been duplicated. It's a brand new thing. For you and I to defeat the Goliaths in our life, for us to beat those things that have plagued us for so long, God has got to do a brand new thing in our hearts. And when he does that brand new thing, we are awakened to the supernatural realm. When I was in Germany this October, God gave me about 12 different people he wanted to heal before I got there. I fasted and prayed on Yom Kippur, and the Lord gave me specific things of who he wanted to heal. In fact, there's someone in here who has a right ankle that needs to be healed tonight. Where are you? Stand up. A right ankle. What do you, what do you got? You got a cast on? God's going to heal you tonight. Who else? Amen. So I go to Germany to work with the U.S. military and, and speak. And, uh, and I'm going to preach that night. I'm working with the International Assembly of God, like the military division, and, and I'm the last guy, and all these guys, the doctors of Central Bible College and pastoral professors and PhDs, and then the other guys that are pastoring churches of 1,500 people, and then there's little old youth guy, Tim, and the last night, I'm like, I'm way out of my league. But I'm like, Lord, you've called me, because I don't walk and just try to preach just a message that is something I've gotten on myself. I'm preaching what God's brought me through. And I believe God in His Word. And when God speaks, people get set free. When God speaks, the healings take place. So I went in there and, there, and we began to speak. And I said, there's someone here who had a, a throat issue. And this guy came forward in five years of burning acid reflux in his vocal cords. He couldn't even sing. He had pain that night, left instantly. Another lady, I said, there's a left hip that God's going to heal. And this lady had just gone to the ER the night before because she was in so much pain she couldn't even sit down. That night, God healed her. Then this, I said, there's someone with post-traumatic stress disorder. This guy, Juan, comes forward. And he stands there and he says, I'm the guy with post-traumatic stress. I don't know why, but there's more, but God said one guy. And he came forward and God healed him. The next night, he tells you the story. He says, Tim, four months ago, I was diagnosed with PTSD by the psychiatrist, taking medication Ambien. And he said, for the last, four, for the last two years, I've been taking this medicine and, and I've been taking the Ambien, but now I'm officially diagnosed with it. And every year, every night for two years, I wake up in the middle of the night with bombs going off, guns going off my head, running around, checking the doors, going, where's it at, and freaking out. And then I, my wife tells me to go back to bed, and I don't remember anything. We prayed from that night. And I have this testimony on my iPad. I can show you guys even tonight if you want to see it. 
this guy comes to me in the morning with tears going, Tim, last night I didn't take my Ambien before I went to bed. And I woke up to my alarm at 6.30 in the morning. I slept through the night for the first time in two years. I said, praise God, because God is still answering prayers. God is still doing the supernatural in our midst. If we're open to it, if we're hungry for it, if you want it, God will touch your life. Another girl is 16 years old, struggling with suicide and cutting. Her name was Maggie. Maggie, since nine years old, for seven years, has struggled with these issues of suicide and cutting. God gave me a word for her, and I spoke to her. And that night, that week, she got set free. She sent me a Facebook message a few like months ago saying, Tim, I'm never the same. Her dad sent me a message saying, can you speak that prophetic word to my family again? Because I had one for him. And, and the Lord was speaking to this family. And, and he says, my family has changed. I've been in the military 25 years. And I've been away from my daughter. And I, my heart's breaking because I couldn't help her. And, and just one word, just one spoken word changed her life. Praise God. So the last three years, why am I so passionate about the supernatural? Because I've been through hell the last three years. Some of you have too. I want you to show this picture. I don't know if you can see that. You see that picture? That's my hand. Go to the next one. It was so purple and... Most of you guys in this room didn't even know this. Lillette knows. My wife knew. For the last three years, I've lived my life in medical latex gloves. Until about October, I went to Germany. Before I left, I said, God, what's up? Every time I go change my kids' diapers, pain, bleeding. My hand would get locked sometimes because I couldn't even open it. It was so stiff and swollen. I remember times being so depressed. Financial struggles. Seeking God, fasting and praying. Have you guys ever been in a place in your life where you've done everything? You've sown seeds, you've tithed, you've fasted, you've prayed, and nothing seems to break. I don't know what your name is in the little gray jacket right here, the short hair. But I saw a picture of you in this deep well. And you were going through some stuff. And you were like down in this well. And you could not get out. But it was like you're like you're so dark and alone. Like what in the world is up, God? I see you praying and pressing in, and you feel like there's no, just nothing, no answers. There's no answers to what you're going through right now, or what you've been facing. But then I saw the hand of God, and water just bubbling up from inside. And the hand of God began to lift you out of that well. He says, I've taken you to the depths of my well, because I'm going to put a word in your mouth to speak to other people. I've never met you before. I don't know what your name is, but I'm telling you the Spirit of God is going to touch your life tonight. Is this, is this, does this make sense? Does this make sense? Where's my man back over here? 
Pastor Jay, I know I'm getting right at 845, so if we need to dismiss, I got more. I just, I got to speak some things. But if you need to take and dismiss and get kids and bring kids in here, the Holy Spirit's getting, the Holy Spirit's in this house. He's getting ready to, to here's three things he told me before I get to you. He said that there's going to be supernatural breakthrough tonight. Those problems, those Goliaths you've been praying and fasting for, tonight they're going to break in the name of Jesus. And he says there's going to be physical healings that are going to manifest tonight. And then the last one is going to be a supernatural stirring of the gifts of the Spirit in you. Young people, you need to be empowered by the gifts of the Spirit to go out into your city. What would happen to Seminole High School, Crooms High School, if 50 kids walked around with the power of the Holy Ghost, speaking what God said to speak, when He said to speak, and kids are laying out in the, in the hallways of the school, principals can't figure out what's going on. Why are these kids speaking? Why are they on the altar? Why are they laying on the ground? Why are they in the classroom? I can't get them up. Do they drink? What's happened? It's time for a move of the Spirit to come to Sanford. It's time for the Spirit of God to awaken us, to stir you in a way that's never been seen before. I saw you, and I have it on my iPad. And I, when you walked in the room, I saw you, to, saw you at, the, at a turntable. You had a Jamaican-like looking cover on top of you. And I saw you spinning a turntable. And there's dreams you've had in music. They haven't manifested yet. But I'm telling you, the Lord says it's going to be time very soon. You've been frustrated and discouraging. God, why are the doors all closed? The Lord said, I'm doing a deeper work in you, my friend, because I'm getting ready to take some new, I'm getting ready to do some new things in you. Some of those glass are getting ready to fall. Some of those promises have been held back. He's saying, abide in me. Speak the word. And let me do a new thing in you and watch what I will do. And then I saw you up here singing. I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So here we go. Never done this before in my life. I may never do it again. So this is one shot. So as I was talking about this message, I almost call this message spoken word. But instead, the Lord said, I want you to write your own spoken word. I was like, what? This surfer, white boy, doesn't even have a rap CD. My wife has some, you know, some stuff and some Latin stuff. And, man, I love ethnic people. You know what I mean? My wife is Latin. Another time I come here, I'll tell you some stories. But tonight, God wouldn't let me go there and, with the stories about Spanish people because, because I want to get to the word. My wife, she wore seven-inch heels when she was seven months pregnant. I'm like, are you serious? Unbelievable. You, you know what? You laugh. You're like, that's right. And what's wrong with that, gringo? Nothing. <laughs> so here it is. Check it. I haven't memorized it yet, so you got to bear with me. Sitting in my room, thinking about my life. Gloom hovered over me, stabbing my heart like a knife. It's been three long years since I've been battling with the strife. The only one who kind of understands my pain is my lovely Latin wife. There's no known cause for this condition my body is facing. I start to feel overwhelmed as my mind is erasing. I've been to doctors, nutritionists, and websites all the same, but there are still no answers or solutions like this is some kind of game. 
These blisters have plagued my hands for too many days. Please, God, help me. Don't you hear me when I pray? They are covering both my hands, my fingers, knuckles, and palms. The only thing giving relief is an oily coconut balm. The inflammation is so bad, it swells my hands shut. So how am I supposed to change my kids' diapers when I need to wipe their little butts? The blisters would pop out, pop and dry out, leaving cracks in my skin. And moving any finger would cause the bleeding to begin. The itching pus and blood caused sleepless nights filled with tears, forcing my hands to live inside medical gloves for the last two years. Every, each and every day I felt like I was fighting for my sanity, had to restrain myself from yelling out profanity, knowing that all along God was using this to humble me and keep me away from vanity. Traveling around the world and God doing miracles through these diseased hands. But each time I would walk away and wonder, Lord, what about me? I just don't understand. I felt so much shame because of the condition I was in. Surely I must have done something wrong or committed some kind of sin. Many days I thought about the devastation of Job. And I would wonder, Lord, how much more of my heart do you have to probe? I cannot understand why he won't take this all away. But all he says to me is, will you serve me anyway? I remember all the days of pain that tried to drive me insane. But every time Jesus held my hand telling me, son, my love is what sustains. When I saw the blisters coming back, all I could do was pray. But sometimes I would get so weary I didn't know what to say. My flesh wanted to react, whine, and complain. But then the Holy Spirit would rise up and say, Come on, son, rebuke them in Jesus' name. So this has been my challenge, my struggle, and my plight. But I tell you that I ain't going down without a fight. When I feel the battle raging, doubt is knocking at my door. I'm reminded of who wins in the end and that Jesus had never lost before. There comes a point in time when our faith is put to the test. And on a gospel that is intellectual only, one cannot rest. So instead of wasting time reading social media Christian cliches, what we really need to do is let our faith arise as we fast and pray. Now I know in my spirit that Jesus' words are true, that he died on the cross for me and for you. There are are thousands of promises that God has given to us all. Now upon which of them tonight do you need to call? The scripture that says, by Jesus' stripes I am healed, in which by allowing his body to be beaten, that this truth was so passionately revealed. My mind and my flesh would say this is absurd, but all I can stand upon is that this promise is God's spoken word. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Someone in this room tonight needs favor with their bank. I don't know what you're going through with foreclosure or just trying to get a loan. There's someone here that needs favor with their bank. Someone here having some stomach issues tonight. Some nausea. Some just stomach stuff going on. There's a girl in here that something's going on with your ovaries, your reproductive system. There's some pain going on. God's going to heal you tonight. There is someone here with acid reflux and some other stomach problems. I don't know if there's ulcers or a leaky gut, but there's some, I just sense there's some burn in the stomach, like right up in here.
I sensed there was a guy that had something going on with the back in here. I don't know if it was kidney stones or gallstones or something with the kidney issue. There's something going on back in here. God wants to bring his healing power tonight. As we worship, God's going to bring healing. Young lady, what's your name? Lauren? When I walked in the room, I saw you wandering around like this dark place with brittle trees. And you were kind of going like this in your face like you didn't know what to do. And I saw you running from God. I saw there's a party that knows God and loves God. There's a party that's been going through some stuff. And I, you're like, frantically, I don't know what to do. And the devil's been trying to steal your worship. He's been trying to take you out. But God says, nothing's too big for me to overcome. He's saying that tonight is time to make it right. Tonight is time to get real. Tonight, I don't know you. I've never met you before. But I'm just telling you what the Lord's saying. He says, it's time to stop playing games. I'm not trying to single anybody out tonight. But the Lord loves you enough. They sent this crazy surfing youth evangelist come and speak some words to you. Saying, man, how that guy know this? I'm telling you, the Lord's saying tonight, it's time to get some things right. The hurt and the pain's got to go. The hurt and the pain in your life has got to go. You've got to be willing to release it. There's been a lot of deep hurt in your life, and God says it's time to let it go. I know you're like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, what's, I'm just telling you what the Spirit of the Lord's saying. Oh my God, that's right. God, God's going to touch your life tonight, Lauren. He's got his hand on you, girl. He says you're beautiful in his eyes. You've not done anything that he can't fix. Okay? He can restore. Amen? Is there someone here that's having migraine headaches? You've been having some headaches lately. Where are you? A couple of people. We're standing up at that. You've been having migraine headaches. Stand up if you've been having the stomach issues. Some of you have been having some stomach issues. I sense there are some women with stomach issues. Stand up if, if, if you've been... I don't want to be personal. If you don't want to stand up, you can come to me privately. But if you've been having some stuff going on in your female area, like with ovaries or something, there's been some pain and there's some stuff in your ovaries, stand up. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Addictions. Some of you have been secretly struggling with addictions. Cigarettes. Drugs, pornography. Tonight it's got to go. That Goliath is being defeated. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, but when you come forward for prayer, I want you to tell me that's me. Tim, that's me. Or whoever prays with you, say, that's me. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, and you shall be healed. There's a level of healing that only comes when we share with other people what we're really going through. Melanie, the Lord told me to tell you. It's time to re-engage. You've been off on the sidelines. I don't know what's going on with you, but I know you're there. I know you love God, but it's saying it's time to fully engage back into the battlefield. You've been off for a little bit, but it says it's time to re-engage. I haven't seen you for a number of months, but I'm telling you, the Lord says it's time to re-engage. Just close your eyes, just lift our hands to the Lord and say, Lord, we thank you. 
thank you for speaking tonight, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. If you're the one with, if you had a, if you're the someone with any other illnesses that I mentioned, I want you to stand your feet. If there's any one of the other sicknesses I mentioned, stand your feet. If there was a guy that's having trouble, if there's a guy that's having issues with the prostate, God's bigger than prostate problems. I got to know, is there some, is there a guy here that's having something with an organ, a kidney, a liver, something's off? I don't, I just, I can't walk away from that. Is there someone here that's having an issue? You may be having an issue and not even know it. Speak healing over your kidneys in the name of Jesus. Healing over your liver in the name of Jesus. You've been facing some Goliaths in your life. Some promises have been elusive to you. There is an anointing in here tonight for breakthrough. When I sat in church yesterday morning and I saw Pastor Gene's message, God of the breakthrough, the very first thing on my altar call God gave me was breakthrough anointing for tonight. And I said, Lord, thank you for letting me hear your voice as pastors plow the way for your anointing to be released tonight. If you need healing in your body, I want you to come forward right now. I want anyone with any kind of stomach issues, acid reflux, anything like that over here. trying to take people out because the Lord said there's been a weariness in the staff and the volunteers here at City Church that more people need to get involved and start pursuing what God has called them to do in in City Church and in the city in order for breakthrough to come to that ceiling I've been seeing. And the way the enemy would try to restrict you from being involved is through pain in your bodies, through sickness, through emotional struggles. But in the name of Jesus, we curse that sickness over your bodies right now. We command to leave in the name of Jesus. Spirit of infirmity right now. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Put your hand in that area of your body. I don't have to come touch you. It's the Spirit of God that does the healing. That's the great thing about prayer. It's not bound by time. It's not bound by, by locality. In the name of Jesus, we take authority of you, spirit of infirmity. We command you to leave now in the name of Jesus. We command you to go. We loose you from their bodies in Jesus' name. 
We command stomach pains to go. We command reproductive systems to be healed. We command migraines to be healed in Jesus' name. We command right ankles to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. We command the acid reflux to go in the name of Jesus. Begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to praise Him, City Church. Begin to thank Him for the work He's doing. Which one of you girls continuously feels nauseous? You continuously feel nauseous. That's a spirit from the pit of hell. That's going to go right now in the name of Jesus. You, you two come over here. I just look back at my notes and it says there's a girl who continuously feels nauseous. church pastor named Betty or a friend is there anyone here the name of Betty maybe a family member or something I saw that name I saw is there's some there's an African American lady that's been having health issues that doctors can't seem to get a handle on. You're a prayer warrior and your family needs a touch too. Where are you at? Is that you have an aunt named Betty? Come here. Is there a sickness going on somewhere in somewhere in your family right now? Is it with you, or is it with a, with someone in your some of your family? Is it your aunt Betty is having sickness? She is. What I wrote down was this, and I know this is risky, but you know what? If I, you know what, guys, pastor, if I miss it, I'll be the first one to say, you know what? That was just me. That was the Taco Bell last night. Just throw it out. You know, sometimes we miss it, but I just I just had to take a risk. It says Betty. It says African American lady having a health issue that doctors can't seem to get a handle on. A prayer warrior needs a touch in her family too. You wanna to read it? You believe me? You wanna read it? Okay. God is good, isn't he? Don't you love when the Lord speaks? I gotta come down there. I can't get up. I gotta get down there and pray. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray for. We're gonna continue to pray for healing and for breakthroughs. If you've been praying for a breakthrough, there's been a Goliath in your life, and you're ready for breakthroughs. I want you to stand your feet. There's a promise that God has made you that has not manifested yet. See, there's promises God has made me about preaching and doing things with this generation. Pastor Glenn, I haven't even tapped into it yet. I've been waiting for years for it to manifest. And I go with this hand thing for three years and going, God, where are you? When David beat Goliath, he still had to go run from Saul in the wilderness for another several years. 
Sometimes we run through the wilderness until God manifests a promise. But hold strong. I believe God wants to have you continue to dream. Dream again. Adults, dream again. Your dreams have been evaporated by the cares of life. And God said, sent me tonight to say, dream again. Dream big dreams for the glory of the Father. Jesus. Let Him awaken purpose in your heart tonight. So we're going to pray for healing. So we're going to pray for these, these breakthroughs and the promises. And then the last thing, for those who want to stick around, we're going to lay hands on you and believe for the supernatural gifts to be stirred up inside of you. How many of you all want to walk in the supernatural? How many of you all want to be awakened for the supernatural? Can I tell you, there is a price to pay. There's a price to pay, Glenn. I'll never forget, Pastor Gene, when I spent 40 days fasting and praying from December 1st, 2009 to January 9th, 2010, all the way through the holidays, through Christmas, the New Year, every Christmas party I went to. And I said, Lord, I don't want a thing from you. All I want is your presence. All I want to do is know your voice. Keith, that's all I wanted is I want to know his voice. Since that day, my whole life shifted. There was a supernatural shift in the spirit that took place in me. And you fasted and praying for 21 days here. There is a shift, Pastor Gene, that has taken place in the supernatural realm. And the Lord wanted me to tell you this. I still see a gray ceiling with cracks in it and black chains. I saw a tornado come and rip that roof off and rip the chains off and put the roof back on brand new. I don't know if you need a brand new roof or not, but the, but the Lord can give you one. You do need a brand new roof? Well, we're praying for it. Jesus, Lord, let it be so. Inside of the tornado, I saw God's hand, and the word written on his hand is supernatural shift. The growth you're expecting have been scratching your head about is tied into this. It is not something you can manufacture on your own, but it is the people being trained and sent out into the city to reach the lost. Finances tied into going out and doing something in the community that brings in the finances because it attracts the people with the money who are buying into the vision. As you become even more kingdom-minded than you already are and city-minded and sharing the keys of the kingdom that God has given you, it will cause an increase. When you reach the people nobody wants, God will bring in the kind of people that everybody wants. God says you've heard this before, but you've asked God, why am I not seeing it manifest the way I know it can, Lord? Why do the people that I see, there they come and go? It's going to happen. To fulfill the vision in your heart, in the city, it's got to happen. I believe the Lord said that this church is going to be a model to not just the city, but for all over. God has placed a spotlight on Sanford for such a time as this. And this church is a multicultural church that can love each other. Blacks and whites, Hispanics, Asians. It's a model to the it's gonna be a model to the city and around the region. And that people are gonna say, How do, what is going on? What are you doing? And I believe God's gonna raise you up to speak to government officials and to speak to pastors. 
and to speak to business leaders. And I believe God's going to connect you to business leaders in the area that are going to see the works that you're going to do that haven't even been birthed yet. There's works in your heart that you haven't even birthed yet that you're wearing, God, when are they going to happen? I don't have the money to make them happen. Time is coming. And I believe 2013, God is releasing something, and I prophesy in the name of Jesus that a shift is coming to city church, to be released in the supernatural realm, to untie and to bring forth the promises that God has called you to in this city. And the keys of winning the loss, God wants you to share with the pastors in the city. And there's something tied to it. I don't know, there's something tied to it. As you share with your passion for the lost souls and how you're doing what you're doing here. It's not going to take people away from your church. It's going to expand your tents. See, kingdom never has a lack of resources. Right? There's always money and people in the kingdom. But devil's kingdom makes you afraid of people leaving or money leaving. There's, no, there's an abundance in the kingdom. I just had to release that before we go and pray over the house. Father, we thank you. Just lift your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, begin to pray. Stretch your hands for all these people that need healing. Call your healing right now. Prophesy of yourself. Begin to lay hands. Any leaders that are part of the prayer team, begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke sickness. We command healing. We say a lot to the word of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we command healing. Healing over this right ankle in the name of Jesus. Tendons, ligaments, joints, tissue, bone. Behold the name of Jesus. You're all I need. 
worship the Lord. Worship the Lord right where you're at. Come on, just lift your voice and worship right now. Come on, let's begin to worship Jesus. Jesus, you We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. business here just for a moment. We're going to continue in this atmosphere, but listen, we have some kids that need to go home. If you have to leave, we, we release you to leave tonight. We know it's getting late. It's 9.15. If your parents are here to pick you up, you need to go with them. You're released to go tonight. I believe tonight that God, I believe that God has spoken. I know that God's spoken to me. Has God spoken to you tonight? Come on, come on. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap tonight. We're going to continue in this atmosphere in just a moment, but I want to talk to you about tomorrow night. This is what needs to happen. Every person here needs to bring someone. Every person here needs to bring someone. I got a neighbor next door I've been talking to. He said he and his wife would come. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to go bring my neighbor. And I'd encourage you. I would encourage you to bring. Alan Griffin's going to be with us. You have Alan's picture. Can you put it up on the screen? Brother Alan Griffin is going to be with us. And and Tim, you know Alan, man, he flows. He's got a great anointing. He flows in the supernatural. I believe, I believe we laid the foundation this weekend. He's the God of breakthrough. We experienced just a little bit on Sunday, and it's even it's grown. It's even greater tonight. And by Wednesday night, this place is going to blow up <laughs> because God put, wants to pull the roof off. Because God wants to do some new works in our lives. God wants to do some restoration. God wants to do some lifelong changing. In our hearts and lives. Listen, tonight before you leave, the ushers are going to stand in the back. There were some people that needed to give tonight. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. You needed to give. You didn't give. The ushers are going to need the ushers to get to the back. You're going to get your buckets. Jimmy, could you get back there with them real quick, okay? Now, there's some people, as you leave tonight, I just want you to put your offering in the bucket. If you were blessed by the ministry attempt tonight, we're going to continue to worship right now. Can you turn the lights off? Turn the lights off right now. We're just going to continue in this atmosphere of worship. If you must go, we release you to go right now. We're just going to keep worshiping God. We're going to keep going for the Lord. So I figure whoever stays tonight, you're here. And we're just going to go for God for as long as He wants to go. Amen? Come on, amen. Let's worship Jesus tonight. Let's do that right now. If, I, if God gave a word to you specifically, um, I want you to come forward. If there, There's four of you. I want to pray for you before we leave tonight. And we're going to still lay hands and pray for that releasing of the supernatural yeah. gifts of the Spirit upon you. So I'm almost, we're almost done praying for the healings. And if So if you need to go, go. But we don't, we don't want you to leave until we have a chance to pray with you and agree with you. For if you're hungry for the supernatural, start manifesting in your life. If you want to start experiencing it, tonight God's going to anoint you to start walking in that.
Does that one lady leave with the Aunt Betty? Or is she still here? Does she have to go? Huh? She's gone? All right, well, so who knows her? Andrew. All right, well, you tell her that to be expecting a miracle with Aunt Betty and family. So God always spoke the word. So I don't have to pray for her. It ain't about me. It's about him. So somebody call her when you leave service tonight and say, I know Tim didn't get to pray with you, but he wanted me to tell you that it doesn't matter because the spirit of God is bringing healing to their family. Hallelujah. Amen. Aunt Betty. Thank you. 